Hello and welcome to another episode of the Casual and the Die Arts, the NBA podcast on this End Zone podcast uh, podcast feed. Joined by my regular cohort of Ethan Pierce, freshly back from the Rose Bowl, Audrey Nations all the way from Seattle, and uh, Aramis Hicks joining me here in the Salt Lake Valley. Folks, how we doing, Aramis? What's going on, my guy? And it, I'm having a great day. I'm here to talk about basketball with some amazing people and Eric. And it's going to be a fun pod. I, I hope so as well. How how the new year start for you, Audrey? It's been pretty good. And I'm honestly very excited to be back on the only cruelty-free podcast on the internet. How, how incredible is that, guys? Round of applause for us, really. Amazing. amazing. We did a good job. Cruelty-free? The only cruelty. Every other podcast is not vegan. But ours, we don't, we don't use animal products at all when we make not even a little bit. Uh, but no, it's great to be here. My New Year's was good. Uh, I had my resolution was to uh, drink a ton of champagne and wake up at 3 p.m. the next day, and I really followed through, which I'm really happy about. So yeah, just feeling good to be here. You are a degenerate, so that makes sense. Uh, I I did notice that over Christmas break, by the way, I was like making like strong connections with like who I choose to make friends with, and I looked across just like all my friends and all my friends in some way shape or form are degenerates like that's that's sort of the way i've put my crew together incredible and you can catch another hour of eric pondering that on our other podcast degeneracy and what it means for my network of friends but <laughs> they were talking about nba basketball you, know, you, you really, about the you, NBA this you yeah, really like to keep me on track i mean i i, I, I we gotta snap back moment. snap back to reality okay, i can't have turn. a okay got you, you all <laughs> right turn. this is uh, going poorly yeah bro basketball's great uh I, i'm ready to, to get back to nba stuff after uh, a debacle of a rose bowl that i witnessed on monday um a lot of driving for a really boring football game so uh we're, we're back to the hoops now all right let's get into <laughs> it hoops it is let's start with where are we emotionally uh where we take just a check-in on where our personal teams are at how we're feeling what what what's kind of running through our heads these days i'll start with you audrey the San Antonio Spurs, how we feeling? I mean, expectations are being met. Um, I, I, it's okay with me that the Spurs are tanking. Frankly, I'm thrilled that they're losing games. I want Victor Wimbiana. I'm glad that they are getting a chance to just have a, a fuck around season and start a bunch of random young guys, rookies and second year players. And like, you know, like just all sorts of dudes and just, getting new rotations in. I'm sure they're getting a hell of a lot of experience from a pretty good player development team and coaching department at the Spurs. So I'm fine with that. I hope they land the number one pick, but if they don't, I'm not going to be heartbroken that we wasted this season for it. I'm lucky as a Spurs fan to have seen five rings in the past 20 years. So I'm really not in any hurry to get it back uh, to that state. I want it to be built right from the ground up and not try to glue together something like the Lakers or something ridiculous like that. So I'm having a good time with the Spurs. Okay, that's good. Aramis, how you feeling about the magic these days? Um, I'm kind of with Audrey right there. I'm couldn't be happier that they that they're as mid as they are, that they suck as they are. They're only one game above y'all, actually. Unfortunately, at this moment, we gotta make sure we keep losing games. But I don't know, man. It's just 
even though it seems that suck, there's some there's some really good stuff to enjoy. I love. They're all having fun, no matter what, right? Like they're all like it's for the first time in a long time. I feel like in the NBA that there's a lot of teams that suck, but that are Mm -hmm. so fun to watch and look like they're having so much fun. All these teams are. It's been a. I feel like this has been one of the best NBA seasons in a long time so far, and uh, it's been really fun to watch. Any random game you throw on on some Wednesday evening, you know, it's it's a Bulls Hornets game, and all of a sudden, it's one of the best endings to a basketball game you've seen in your life. It, it's there's been a lot more of that this season, and I really like that a lot. Almost definitely, there's a lot of fun stuff being had around the season, man. I mean, Bull Bull trying to do a Michael Jordan from Space Jam the other week and stuff like that, man. Homeboy just going crazy, and that feels like it's been, like you said, been happening with a lot of teams. So uh, I ain't got nothing to complain about as far as my Magic. The Jazz are. Jazz, I mean, as always, get your hopes up. You know, uh, irrational fan base buys in wholeheartedly, and then it just ends up being a very, you know, middling season. They aren't bad enough to get one of these really great players, which is unfortunate. Uh, they might be just barely good enough to make the playoffs, but it feels like slowly but surely they're kind of getting figured out though they still are getting production from most of the roster it does feel like uh danny ainge has some very tough decisions to make within the next month because if they keep this roster together they'll end up as like the eight seed and that that won't really help anyone jazz continue to be a team that plays in every close game in the history of the league because they've lost their last five by a combined total of 15 points. So average of three point losses over the last five games, that's tough. Yeah. I think the jazz, I got to give them credit. I got to give credit to the jazz players and, and Will Hardy and the whole staff to come into a year where the expectations were for them to fail miserably and stay at the bottom of the rankings. And they somehow managed to disappoint the fans, even in that kind of a season. By getting, like Eric said, like getting the hopes up just high enough to maybe scratch like a playoffs or just out of the playoffs level seed, put themselves at a lower percent chance of getting Scoot Henderson, Victor Wimbiana to transform the team. Honestly, look, taking a look in the mirror for Utah, they're not a free agency destination. They're just not. Teams teams don't like to go there. Like, or players don't like to go there, excuse me. Uh, it, and so it's going to be really difficult for Utah unless they commit to getting some good draft assets, which luckily they have in trades, um, but we'll see how they draft. I think that's going to determine their future and they need to not be trying this hard this season. We'll, we'll see how it ends up. I just, I, I, I hope that they, they just have a plan. If they keep everyone and end up as the eight seed and then just say, we're going to run it back next year with some more like middling talent, Okay, fine, but I'd rather they like try to maybe get one of these like three or four generational potential players coming in the draft next year. You know, so I I just I hope I I hope there's a plan, and uh, that's all I I I have. So, Aramis, Ethan, do you trust the process? Yeah, um, I mean, we'll see. I, I I don't know. I think they have a lot of big decisions coming at the deadline. You know, they've got Markinen. I think he should stick around. I think Sexton should stick around. But most of the other veterans, I think, should be on the chopping block. We'll see what they do. I'm, I ain't got no, I ain't got no disagreements. That that is what they should do. But you know, 
Um, the Jazz are going to Jazz, and the Jazz's main goal this season is making Eric as miserable as possible. So they're just going to keep going right on to the eight seed, probably run it back for the next five years until, I don't know, something happens. So. Sorry, buddy. All right. Well, it is the way it is. Ethan, the Golden State Warriors, how you feeling? I'm much better now than I was uh, two weeks ago. They're on a five-game win streak, all those without Steph Curry. Um, they continue to be the most, you know, the team that plays the best at home and the worst on the road. Um, for some reason, they cannot win a single game away from Chase Center, and they win every game at Chase Center. So uh, Steph Curry looking like he could come back in about a week from now, which is looking great. Looks like they're finally starting to put it together. Um, so, you know, things are going pretty well. That is good to hear. Yes, I've been impressed by the Warriors. I did want to check in on one. So I have a bad habit. I'll admit this. I do a lot of NBA watching. As you guys know, I'm a casual. Uh, I, I watch like my one or two league pass games a week that, that I like to keep an eye on and most of jazz games. But I typically just box score watch and the app, the third party score app I use is really nice because it gives me the leading score from each team. So I see always the best scores, but I hardly ever like click in to actually see the real box score. So I need to know. Feels like I haven't seen Jordan Poole on Maritime this year. How is Jordan Poole doing? Poole has honestly been great. I think uh, the past couple of games, it's just been Clay Thompson having big scoring nights. I mean, the last game he had 54. So he's kind of passed up Poole in a lot of these recent games. Um, Poole's had a couple of issues. It's mostly been turnovers lately. He needs to learn how to play smarter, take care of the ball, learn situations a little bit better. But I'll be honest, I've been really impressed with him recently. He set his career high a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's, he's been playing well. Um, it, you know, it's interesting to see how they've been using him because he's obviously not Steph Curry, nobody's Steph Curry, uh, but they use him kind of in that Steph role and then kind of play a similar brand of offense and use him in a similar way to whether they use Steph. And so, um, you know, having him step up and be a starter, you know, he's been great. Um, got to cut down on the turnovers, but he's a young player. He'll figure it out. And, uh, I I've actually been very impressed with Jordan Poole over the past couple of weeks. So good to see. Yeah, I, I I just want to see Jordan Poole do okay. I know he's one of your be- your favorite players. I am looking forward to uh, to watching the Warriors when they get to the playoffs. I watched that Hawks game last night. What a game that was! Just one of the best games of the year, in my opinion. And it it does feel like they're sort of coming together. It does feel like Draymond Green sucker punching a teammate is like kind of in the rear view mirror and there are good vibes right now. Hopefully. And he just announced he's uh, starting up his podcast again for the first time since that punch. So maybe we'll get the real truth. The truth will be revealed. Finally, the return of the King <laughs> <laughs> return of the King. I mean, Draymond green is kind of a guy. I mean, M- new media NBA wise, I feel like he's the blueprint to be completely honest with you. Uh, he's just like brutally honest. I don't typically listen to player podcasts. I just can't do it. They like, I'm more addicted to what the blog boys have to say. Personally, uh, I, I could I could care less what the athletes have to say uh, sometimes, which might be a little bit of a hot take. But uh, yeah, it's just very tough for me to listen to 
the Draymond Green show sometimes because it's kind of like he's a little bit too self-absorbed. Like that Pat Patrick Beverly has a show now. Like I listen to that sometimes, but even that's like a little bit too much for me at points. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Eric Jensen says that athletes should, quote, shut up and dribble oh, and not on. give their opinions <laughs> about the game on podcasts. Wow. Shocking. Aramis, do you have any reaction to that? I mean, I Eric just brings up such a great point. I can't believe that a professional athlete would be so self-absorbed to have the confidence in themselves to think they can do something like podcast talk. I don't know, man. It just seems crazy to me. Not everyone can be a pro like me. I mean, that's just, that's just a fact. I mean, can't argue with that. All right. Well, I Let's... think this season I th- has been marked oh, by. Oh, come on. Let me host. Please. Oh, you want to host? Oh, please. Let Excuse me host. Me. I, I have the transition. I love Audrey, but sometimes she likes to host. And I don't mind that. But, like, I had I had the transition. It was coming. Right, Eric, promise. if you're going to host, then host, bro. Okay. Let's get oh. a move on with it. See, now, now, <laughs> now the peanut gallery comes out, and it's homina, homina, homina. Uh, a crazy MVP alert, MVP race. Let's talk about that. It does feel like I know the MVP. We don't really, really start talking about it until like February, March. But it does feel like there is an unreal number of players that are in the conversation this year. And something that's just crazy to point out here. Let's call. Let's round up. Let's say if you've got twenty nine points, let's call it thirty a night. There are eight players in the NBA who are basically averaging 30 or more points a night. That is absolutely insane. That And not to mention one of the players on the MVP list is not even in that category because he's Nikola Jokic and he's doing other things. It just feels like there is a ton going on individually in the NBA. As we say, it's a player-driven league. It's a star-driven league. And it feels like there are really at their best. So let me ask you, Aramis, does this feel like the deepest MVP race we've had in the last few years? Man, I'd say yes. There's like, I don't know, every night, every time you pull up Instagram and see the nice new Kia MVP leaderboard, it feels like there's Giannis dropping out, uh, Giannis up, dropping out, uh, Tatum up, dropping out, Luca up, dropping out. There's just like, Five, I don't know, man. There's just so many people in the rotating door. The MVP race right now, just it's very impressive this season. There's a lot of fun that's been going on with these teams. What do you think, Audrey? I mean, at this point, it's it seems like it's anyone's race. Like it's truly every night. Like this season, as I was saying in the beginning, is so jam packed with incredible performances from star players. People seem to be dropping 50, 60, 70 points every night, every other night in the NBA this year. And I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot in the running. I don't know if I can if I have a clear MVP front runner at this point, which is a, a refreshing change from some years past. Um, I, I think recently we've had some good MVP runs, but, uh, you know, before that, it was a little bit stagnant. Uh, I think I don't know. I think this this next couple of months, as as the casual fans uh, start paying more attention to the league, as everyone knows, the unofficial start of the NBA season is Christmas. So once people really start paying attention, maybe more narratives will develop and we'll, we'll get some clear front runners. But for now, I, I really can't pick one out the field. Let's just talk about some of them. Uh, if, if you guys had to make a case and, and we'll go around twice, 
who would be your MVP? I'll start with you, Ethan. I'm curious what you have to say about this one. I mean, it's tough. You know, like you guys have all been saying, it's really tough to separate the field right now. Um, and I think part of that is just because the standings are so close. Usually a lot of times it'll default to best player on the best team. But, you know, things are so bunched up top to bottom right now that it's there's no team that's running away with a record. So it's tough to say. Uh, but for me personally, I think I am right now leaning towards Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, winners of 12 in a row. Um, he's putting up potentially the best offensive season of his career. Uh, he looks locked in on defense. Um, it's really tough because typically we don't see, you know, guys, you know, like a guy like KD win an MVP almost 10 years ago, circle back, potentially be in the race to win another one again. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as candidates go, I think the way that the team's playing right now and the stats that he's putting up, uh, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, I'd honestly agree with that. My pick would be KD. I think this is the other reason I chose this topic is we can talk about a lot of different things with this segment. I think it's absolutely nuts how good the Brooklyn Nets are right now. Like, I think it's one of the most kind of undersold stories in the NBA, but they are truly looking like the team that we thought they might look like when they first put Kyrie and KD together. And you can think whatever you think about Kyrie as a person I personally dislike him he's just kind of unlikable but he is an absolutely incredible basketball player still and him played with Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant's commitment to defense this year and that team's commitment to defense over the past month to me they just look like a real contender in the Eastern Conference yeah, absolutely. I mean, the funny thing to me about Brooklyn is they've won 12 in a row now. And, and think back to the start of the season. They started off really slowly, didn't look great out the gate. And all the talk was on Ben Simmons and how much he struggled and how bad he looked. What have you guys heard about Ben Simmons in the past month? Have you heard a peep about Ben Simmons from the national media? No, because when he's playing bad, people love to jump on him, you know, coming off a season of not playing back injury, whatever. And it's not like he's been lighting the world on fire, right? It's mostly been on the back of Durant and Irving. But with the team playing this well right now, nobody's daring to criticize Ben Simmons and the rest of their role players. I just find that kind of interesting. Audrey, yeah. thoughts on the Nets? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, winning fixes everything. It really does. Like, you're, you're absolutely right. There has not been a single, you know, big story uh, from that front. And frankly, the Nets needed so badly – uh, to have less attention on them for all sorts of reasons. And uh, luckily for them, winning a bunch of games is the one thing that will make people not uh, give you as much attention right now. So, yeah, I, I think they did a great job. Uh, these last, what you said, 12 in a row, I think they really glued it together. I think uh, the, the chemistry is finally there. I think they've got a, a system that seems to work better for the players uh, than Steve Nash's did. And see, things seem to be clicking. I'm, I'm really impressed with what Jacques Vaughn has, has done over in Brooklyn. Aramis, who would you say catches your eye right now as someone who you think would be the front runner for MVP? Well, right now I'm just going to be kind of basic, I guess, and say Luka Doncic, man. He's been having a crazy tear this season. Of course, he had that incredible 60, 20, and uh, like 10 or 11 in the last week or something like that, man. Homeboy has just been blowing the league out, got his team in the fourth place in the Western Conference. And I don't know. I just think it's going to be the – he's fresh, he's new, he's going to be the new face of this 
if what feels like this new decade of players. So I think he has is gonna have like a lot more like the kind of kind of bullshit story for it. Like his team might are gonna have their struggles in the playoffs, I believe, but I think that they're gonna he's gonna be the most interesting guy. And I think that's what people are gonna go with this season, how how amazing he's been playing on top of that. It's just gonna be interesting to watch if he can keep it up. That's the only thing you get to worry about with Luca is he's putting up an insane pace and insane numbers, and they're still just barely beating teams, and he's playing the entire game. Like, you, I mean, Jason Kidd's made some comments to this effect as well, but you just have to wonder, can he do this all season and into the playoffs? There's worry that he's going to hurt himself, you know, or just at the very least not be able to put up these numbers and the Mavs start losing games. They need to uh, maybe make some moves to surround him with some some better folks. I'm curious uh, how the voters are going to look at Luca this year, because we all know he's going to win an MVP at some point in his career. Um, and I, that's almost kind of, I think, works against him in some conversations because he's so young and already so good um, that I think some people will look at that and say, well, you know, his time is coming. He's going to win one eventually. Why should it be this season rather than the past or the future? I was just pulling up a stat here because it does always blow me away. Uh, you guys mentioned how young Luka Doncic is. He, he's only like 20, he's 23 years old. Like, like that, that's absolutely wild. I'm 23 years old. Like, and, uh, What are you doing with your life, Eric? Yeah, what am I doing with my life? Why aren't you putting I mean, up 60, 20, and 10? Yeah, Come I mean, on, man. Oh, isn't it wonderful to be a, an early 20-something and getting to watch all these people your age be successful oh, tough. Uh, instead of being older than you? I mean, it's wild. It is absolutely wild that he is only 23 years old because you look at him and you think, oh, yeah, this guy is an NBA vet who's been doing this for like four or five years now. And, like, realistically, he's got, like, 13 years left in his career. Like, he, he's going to – he's gonna all these guys, because of sports science nowadays, are going to play till they're damn near 40. And, like, it's just absolutely – it's just absolutely bananas. And, and the craziest part is to think that, like, one day – one of our kids could be watching like the tail end of like Luka Doncic's career. Like that's, that's absolutely that is pretty crazy to think about. That's absolutely nuts. And we'll just be like the old people being like, I remember back in the day when Luka was, was tearing things up. Back when he was on the Mavs before he went to Portland with LeBron to form a super team with Dame. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. Just throwing out random stuff now. It's going to be amazing seeing Eric Jr.'s tweets about how mid Luca is when his other favorite players coming up. (laughs) Yeah, that that might be part of the circle of life. Okay, I'm going to give one a little bit. Well, before I do my off the radar one, I do just want to stump for Jason Tatum. I think the season he's had has been incredible. He has just gotten to the point where – he has a, you know, a LeBron type where he can get to any spot on the floor and score from that spot. And he's been an incredible defender this year. And the Celtics are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And he, he shares the ball well, and he's just a real leader and has all the intangible stuff that I think sometimes this award gets tossed to. 
and like he's just become more of a household name over the past few months or so i really do think this could be the year that jason tatum gets it i think him and Jokic have the same problem they both perform at such a high level so consistently that people are starting to get used to it and it's not as incredible anymore when it it really is astonishing how high of a how high of numbers are putting out on such a regular basis before I get to my sleeper there, I, I want to talk about Jokic because it is, as a casual, you're right. I get lulled to sleep because you look at, like, for a casual fan like myself, you have to scroll down a little bit to even find where Nikolai Jokic is on the average scoring list. He's only putting up 25 points a night. But then you combine that with, like, Fifth, let me get to, to his other stats here. Let me just click into his profile really quick. 25 points a night, 10 rebounds, nine assists. I mean, he's basically almost averaging a triple-double. That is absolutely insane. And when Russ did that, everyone was going absolutely nuts. Um, it does feel like because of the fact he's in Denver, that does get kind of overlooked. But maybe can one of you just put into perspective, uh, we'll go with you, Ethan, just how incredible Nikolai Jokic is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost tough to say that Jokic gets overlooked as a back-to-back MVP, but I, I think that that almost works against his case for this year, um, just because it's so hard to win three in a row. Um and, and voters are just going to have that built in. I mean, Jokic, he has the Nuggets as the one seed right now. Um, you know, he obviously he's playing great basketball. He's maybe the best offensive player, at least in the last 20 years, um, outside of Steph Curry, of course. But, uh, you know, he, he's up there, right? Probably the best passing big man ever. I don't think that's a debate. One of the best passers in general in history. Um, the dude's putting up crazy stats every single night. The team's really good. Um their offense is awesome. Their defense, not so much. It, it just kind of, you know, it, it's, it's tough to, for voters, I think, to justify a third MVP for him um, when they have really had success. And I think that's going to work against him comes down to it. Yeah. I, I think those are all excellent points to make, Ethan, as you're, you're, you're kind of cutting out on us here just a little bit. I think you're better now, but everything should be, should be good now, but yeah, Jokic, just an incredible player that, that we really have to focus on. Okay. Let me give kind of my dark horse and I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just put it out there. I've had a complicated relationship with the man but 71 points, you know, two nights ago at this point. Tonight he's already got, I think, like 25. Uh, I've got the Suns-Cavs game back on the background. I know he doesn't defend. I know the defense is an issue, and it might hold him back. But Donovan Mitchell is having arguably the best season of his career. He is most definitely a top-five offensive player in the league he's been averaging 29 three and four uh but he that assist number to me is low because he's been a tremendous playmaker this year and i think his passing has just been off the charts and something that's really appreciated i know it's a stretch i know it will be a big stretch 
But let's say this crazy tear continues and he continues averaging 30 points a night for the next month and a half or so. And we get to mid-February and he's at like 31 points a night, basically. Do we have to start considering Donovan Mitchell as one of those players that should be in this MVP conversation? I'd say most definitely, man. If he's going to keep posting up this stuff, he's going to have to be thrown into the conversation. I think if these numbers keep going as crazy as they have been with players like Jokic, um, Luka, and hopefully Donovan, like my esteemed Utah, said um, they can, he can crack the conversation and make it, and it's going to come down to whose team is going to end up being one of the tops in the league. Like you might, It might come down to whoever has the best record in the league is going to fuck around and be the MVP this year. Audrey, thoughts? I think, yeah, I think if you can get them the number one seed, yeah, anything's possible. I, I think you said a lot of ifs uh, on your way to uh, declaring Donovan the MVP there, but I mean, there's got to be a lot of ifs because he's not currently that high up in the rankings. I think he has the, the ability to. He's certainly coming on the radar. I mean, 71 points is uh, nothing to scoff at. That's a pretty incredible number that only uh, a select few have ever hit. I mean, he's he's something special, and uh it's good to see him thriving on a on a team with legitimate champion at championship aspirations. Unlike Mitchell, uh, yeah, he, oh, sorry, he officially no. he officially entered the conversation with the seventy one. That's all I gotta say. He's in there now. Agreed. All right, my um, least my least favorite part of the podcast. Now uh, I think Aramis knows where this is going. Will one of you big uh, NBA media shills? Make the case for LeBron James as as MVP. Uh, Fuck no, his team off. sucks. What are you talking about, dude? He's just gonna beat Kareem's record, and that's it. You are the one with the issue at this point, bro. Ain't nobody care. The Lakers suck. If they make the play-in, thank God they can do that. Hopefully, AD can get healthy and they can start being a I don't know a a decent team again. But no, dude. What, what, why do you think anybody will bring him up now? Like, he's putting up amazing numbers, and that's great, but his team is in the toilet bowl race right now. Yeah, they are in the 13th seed, uh, and it's not looking very great. And uh, the fact that they're only four games ahead of my beloved Spurs, who are actively tanking, no, I don't, I don't have LeBron in my MVP conversation. No, <laughs> all right, I just double checked because sometimes I am a hater and I just like. I like to bag on LeBron, but I will admit it's pretty incredible that he's still putting up like almost a triple double. Basically, he's like four rebounds away, basically from from averaging a, a triple. A lot double. of rebounds. I I don't know. I, I I don't know about that one. I I don't know. I just. I mean, you you nailed. It. I am a I am a big NBA media shill. You got me there, like hundred percent, like bullseye. But I don't know about the rest of it. All right. Well, uh, well, I just had to double. I just had to double check. Ethan, a guy that I know you both, you and I are very high on. His team is so bad, but the numbers are SGA. Probably not, but like you do at some point have to consider it, considering that he's putting up thirty points a night, and that the Thunder are really only competitive because of him, but. Uh, Again, I know that's yeah. a stretch. I know it's no, a big I, stretch. I feel you. I feel you on that. I mean, the MVP just has traditionally been for a good team, typically a top three or four seed. 
Um, we have to recognize what Shea is doing. That team is only good because of him. Um, I think that they will be competing within a couple of years and he will have a chance to win one. Um, it's just not time for him yet. Anyone we forgot that any of you would like to bring up? Um, I think we should just throw out the top. I mean, we've mentioned most of these, but Jason Tatum, KD, Giannis is always going to be in there. Mitchell, I think, is in there. Joel Embiid, nobody's brought up yet. Jokic, John Morantz, maybe in the conversation. Zion Williamson, he's kind of been injured, but been great this year. Luca is up there. Steph Curry missed a little bit of time, uh, but if the Warriors make a run, he's always going to put himself in the combo. So those are the top candidates in my mind. I think the next month is going to be more important for the MVP race than the prior three have been, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's why I thought this would be a good time to to chat about this, just to kind of prime people for who to be watching over the next month. I, I just think it, it's a um, it's really interesting. All right, next little segment here might be time to make a move. I'm going to lean on you guys more heavily for this and just kind of host this one out. We're approaching the trade deadline. It's not on top of us just yet. You know, we've still got a little ways to go, but it is what about a month and a half out at this point, like teams in real NBA front offices, teams are starting to think about, Hey, are we going to be buyers? Are we going to be sellers? What are we going to do at the trade deadline? Who do you got? It's uh, February 9th, by the way, the, the trade deadline. Thank you for that, Audrey. Just walk me through, first of all, some teams that you think might be buyers and sellers, and then we can kind of get into some players that you think might be moved. But I, I'm curious who you think the sellers are going to be, because I know I think the buyers are pretty obvious. Most of the teams in the playoffs usually try to push pretty hard to, to acquire some of these guys who, who are some of the teams you think might be willing to shop some of their kind of under the radar talent to a bigger team. I'll, I'll start with you, Aramis. Um, well, one of the teams I'm thinking probably should start really considering selling is um our beloved Utah jazz, man. I mean, it's a, it's gone. It's rough. Yeah. We might've won too many games to be in the race for anybody really, really nice this year, but um, getting something back for a player like marketing, getting some back for players like uh, sex and maybe, I don't know, man, just Rudy Gay, if he can get his act together, like there's a lot of good players that are winning us a lot of games. Frankly, we should have never won. We shouldn't be winning right now. Um, but we're just a good team. Maybe we can trade Will Hardy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense, we can get something for him. Coaching too damn good, but I don't know, man. That that the Utah needs to be won for sure. Audrey. Someone I think we can talk about from the other direction as a team that's kind of middling out and might blow it up. I think regretfully, uh the Chicago Bulls are hanging their heads and heading to the phones. Uh there's been a lot of reports coming out of Zach Levine's cam about him being unhappy with his usage in games, specifically in the late games. I mean, if you just do a quick search right now, five hours ago, 10 hours ago, just different, distinct, continuous drama articles, all this stuff. And as we all know, these kind of quotes and these kind of things sometimes are nothing, but sometimes lead to big blowups and trades. And I think if the Bulls are going to move, they got to move and keeping them another year is going to make things considerably worse. And if the situation really is that bad, 
go get someone good for him. Because it's Zach Levine, and you can get somebody good for him. What about you, Ethan? Any teams really stick out to you that, that you think might make some serious moves? Yeah, um, I've got one, a team that has seemed to be in this scenario for the past five or six years, the Washington Wizards. Um, they've been in the worst spot you can be in the NBA, which is good enough to compete for a playoff spot, but not bad enough to have a high lottery pick. Um, they've got some good veterans. I think they can trade away. Honestly, they've kind of been on a hot streak recently, but I don't think that should convince the front office of anything. This team isn't going anywhere. Um, Kyle Kuzma has been reported to want out. I had him as a trade candidate before the season. I think he'll get moved. Um, Porzingis, big contract, but maybe he could get something for him. DeLon Wright, another former Utah guy, I think can help a couple contenders. Um, they've got a lot of other veterans on that team. I think, I think Washington should be looking at, you know, bottoming out as much as possible. I know Zach Levine's a big name, but I would say to me, and we can kind of go around the prize possession of this trade deadline cycle should be Kyle Kuzma because he is having the best year of his career scoring wise. He's an unreal defender and he has shown with his run with the Lakers that he can be a championship piece. Who do you guys think are some other really just attractive names that will be kind of a headliners for, for trades outside of maybe a Zach Levine type? Audrey, we'll, we'll start with you. Oh, no, Aramis can go ahead. I think I think you got something to say. I know. Well, for one, um, I had a team I know I was showing a lot of love earlier this year in the Miami Heat. I think they need to try to pick up somebody really nice. You know, Kyle Kuzma would be really nice in South Beach right about now. So would I think um, um, Bojan Bogdanovic from Detroit. That would be a nice piece, a nice piece for somebody, uh, one of these contenders to come and pick up. Hopefully not the Lakers, but somebody that has a real chance of being something. Yeah, Boyan's had an unreal year in in Detroit. Uh, I I think that he is definitely a guy that probably doesn't want to be in Detroit long term, and would make sense on, like honestly, like it'd make a lot of sense for like the Milwaukee Bucks or something to try to trade assets if they have any left at this point for for Boyan. I think he'd fit really well on that team personally. Ethan, any thoughts on, yeah. on, on um, guys? I, I promise I'm not just a Utah Utahmer, but I'm going to throw out another former U in Jakob Pertle um, from the Spurs. I think that dude, I mean, he's so good. Nobody watches him. Nobody watches San Antonio, right? But he can really, really be a nice piece. Like, the dude is awesome defensively. He plays really, really well in an offensive system. If you can play under Pop, you can play under any coach. Uh, he knows how to move the ball. He, he's just a super smart player that I really think would fit well with a lot of contenders. And he's on a cheap contract. So I, I think anybody can go out and get him. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even think you're a, a Utah homer for that. I think uh, Jakob is a very underrated center. I think he could be a great backup for a championship team uh, or, or to fill out depth in a injury-wracked roster. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. He plays really well in, in the different systems. He's a team player. He has very high assist numbers for a center. Um, you see him when he plays those games, he controls traffic. He's moving the ball around from the middle. I think he, uh, I think he can be a really promising piece for, for somebody who's on the edge, but not quite there yet. Muted it. That was, that was disappointing. Boomer move right there. 
let's get to let's get to our next segment here. I'll probably edit that one out to be completely honest with you. Awards. Let's start with team of the month and I'll I'll let you guys be I'll be generous here. This can maybe be a team you're excited to watch this coming month as we kind of turn the wheels into January or it can be a team that you were really into in December. It's really up to you. I'll start with you, Ethan. I mean, I, I talked about them earlier, but I think it can't be anybody other than the Brooklyn Nets um, lost one game in December, a, t- a total of one game. Um, it is what 12 in a row. And that is what 16 of their last 17 games. Um, they've, they're really putting it together. I mentioned KD playing at MVP level. I, I don't think the team of the month can be anybody other than them. Um, in terms of somebody I'm looking forward to over the next month, my warriors have to be the pick for me. Um, I, you know, they're getting Wiggins back getting Steph Curry back. Looks like the bench is starting to figure it out, put it together. I think they're going to make a run. So. Aramis. Well, I have my team for December. That would be the New Orleans Pelicans, man. To be honest with you, I just been really impressed with them. They were able to climb up to the one seed. They're still fighting. I mean, even though Zion's gonna be out for the for the next couple of weeks, which is really unfortunate, they still have a really solid squad with them. And uh, Audrey, I hate to hate to say it, man, but I hate to say it, Miss, but I really loved um, when they was going to war with your sons and going trying to kill each other. That Really put some, me on they make for some great games. Those are two very those, those teams hate each other very much. It's fun to oh, watch. Most definitely. I think my team coming up this month to watch going forward, uh, as just a fan of, of good old fashioned drama, is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they are at a very critical juncture right now, uh, where they're starting to realize that maybe they gave up way too much for Rudy Gobert. Um and, uh, and hopefully, I hope for Rudy's sake, he turns it around, but he has not been playing great as of late. He is a liability on offense, frankly, a lot of the time. He doesn't seem to fit into the scheme so far that Minnesota's trying to put together. And be, uh, add that on top of Anthony Edwards seeming disaffected and not really vibing with the team. You know, you've had injuries all season. Does Minnesota need to blow it up? Do they try to stick it out and end up falling apart and not making the playoffs? Like, what does that look like for you when you gave up your near future for a guy who's currently part of the reason that you're not playing well? Like, it's it, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to get real tense in Minnesota uh, coming up. And then you have Nas Reed going out to the press and saying things like, we all know what the problem is. And it's right. like, what? Yeah, they're not, they, like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're not keeping their like media together. Like players are leaking statements. Like people like, are like putting out waves. And it's, it, it looks like it's about to blow up. We'll see what happens. Honestly, a Chicago move for Rudy Gobert would kind of make sense. Like if he ended up on the Bulls. They're not, they're not trading him. Okay. They, they can't. They can't. They can't. No. They gave up too much for him. In, you know, in a year or two, maybe, but not this season. They, they would get pennies on the dollar for what they they traded away to get him for. They every everybody knows that he's underperforming right now, and if they do trade him, it won't be it won't be this trade deadline. It'll be a long time. Okay, MVP of the month. I'll go first on this one. Uh, I'm just gonna give it to Donovan Mitchell. He's I know the 71-point game is what stands out, but he did have a really incredible December, and 
was a really great player most of that stretch. So so I'll go Donovan with that one. Aramis, your your MVP for for uh, the past month or so. I'm gonna stick with the Pelicans for this one and say Zion Williamson, man. Homeboy just playing great basketball this season, man. Till now, and I'm I love what I've seen. Like I said, sad that he's been out and he's gonna be injured for a little bit. But I mean, checking out the last, just randomly checking out for like my little homework for this thing. Um, the last 30 days, he's in the top like 20 for scoring and whatnot. Or yeah, he's one of them players putting up that 30 points a game. He's been going to rebounds. He's been going a little bit harder on defense, like showing up, trying to do better. So I think once if he if he's gonna be able to be right, they are gonna be a lot of fun and hopefully he can get his stuff right. Ethan. I gotta go with Luca. Um just historic numbers. Um, Dallas, I think, has won seven in a row. They're the second hottest team in the league behind Brooklyn, who I've talked about. Um, he's averaging like 48 points in his last, like, what, four or five games, something like that. Um, the dude's unstoppable. Audrey? That's got to be my pick as well. Um, I, I mean, for a guy in the past, in December, Luca averaged 35 points, 9.3 assists, eight and a half rebounds, uh, played 15 games. Led the Mavs to, uh, they're right now they're twelve and five since December second. You got to give it to Luca. This man is absolutely carrying what would otherwise be a maybe playoff franchise. And finally, uh, a personal favorite of mine, although I don't I don't have one this month, uh, but I'm I'm sure you guys do as people who who follow the league. The fuck that guy of the month, someone or something in the NBA you absolutely despise right now. Audrey, I'll start with you. Well, I feel bad going first because I'm definitely not the preeminent hater in this call. I think we have some world-class haters in here. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like the villain the villain storylines haven't been as strong this season. Um, I'm going to go with Pat Bev because why not? Patrick Beverly, fuck you this month. He's catching strays, bro. Pat Bev, I don't even strays. care. Man, sitting at home and having a great time right now probably. <laughs> catching yeah. strays. Yeah, he's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna be so mad at me. Ethan, what? Anyone that pops out? Maybe this was a bad award. It does feel no, like it's bro. Been, I it does feel like it's been mainly positive over the past <laughs> few month here in the NBA. I, I've got I've got one, and this is not you 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 would put on here someone or something. So I'm going with the something that I don't like. The take that I have seen this week, quote unquote, nobody plays defense anymore. Because we've seen the crazy scoring outbursts. We, we've had like four or five 50-point games in the last like four days. Like Clay Thompson, we saw Donovan Mitchell, we talked about it. Luca, Giannis scored 55 last night. Like everybody's scoring crazy offense right now. And that's causing people to say, hey, man, nobody's playing defense. How are we allowing these guys to, you know, get all their scoring up and all that stuff? I don't agree with that take. Teams are smart at defense. Teams are also smart at offense. That's just the way that the league goes. The pace is faster. The transition take foul thing has kind of inflated some offensive stats this year. There's plenty of reasons for why offensive numbers are going up, and none of them are that teams and players are getting worse defensively. That is not the reason why scoring is up this year. I love that you brought up the take foul. That is absolutely a huge contributor that people aren't talking about enough, and it's been for the absolute better. It's a lot more fun to watch now when guys go off and dunk on the break. It's so, so, so much better. Best change they've made in a long time. Yep. Aramis? I, I love that I have such positive, lovely people that I get to talk with and talk to on a daily basis. This was like 
something I was looking forward to talking about a little bit, I guess. So I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves of the Eastern Conference, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young, you were on some bullshit. I don't know what's happening, man. I know you was hurt for a little bit, but really, you're going to go to Houston now and make them better for some reason. I don't know. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I, I remember early in the season, I said that they was frauds, and they are – looking like they're going to be uh, fulfilling that prophecy I have for them because, God damn, man, I don't know. So it's just not working. Uh, the heliocentric around Trey Young just ain't working, and I don't, I don't know what they do to fix it. They're, I just do not believe in them at all. And, yeah, fuck, fuck the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, well. All right. I did just realize – that I put way too many games on here and we definitely, I definitely don't want to talk that much longer. I feel like this has been a perfectly placed podcast. So I'm just going to throw out a few of my favorite games over the next week and just turn on your mics and just throw out your winners for these games tomorrow night, a big one Celtics Mavs. Who you guys got in this one? Celtics. Uh, I think I'll go with Dallas. They're hot right now. We'll take them to win. I'll go with Dallas because somebody said Tatum was an MVP conversation and Luke was going to take that personally. Yeah, I think I'd go with Celtics probably. Cavs, Nuggets. Um, I think I'll throw out Cleveland. I like their team. Uh, Mitchell's been on fire. Same. Cavs are hot right now. Cleveland. Cavs, and he's going to get the game-saving block on Nikola Jokic. Ooh, fun. Ooh, interesting. Nets, Pelicans. I thought this one was quite interesting. Don't know if Zion's back at that point, but probably probably not. Uh, what what's the timeline on his injury again, Aramis? At least three weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a bit. Um, in accordance with that, I mean Brooklyn, they've been on fire. Like I, I make my daily NBA picks every day, and I've just been saying this for the past three weeks. I'm not picking Brooklyn to lose until it happens. Like twelve in a row. It's ridiculous. Couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to rock with the Nets on this one, man. So uh, I hope when we're all done, each and every one of you tunes into this uh, Cavs-Suns game because it is absolutely coming down to the final seconds here. Currently, it's 81-75 to Suns. But they do play each other here in part two at the end of a week. Who you guys got in that one? I'll go with the Cavs again. Uh, No Devin Booker. Suns have not looked great with him out. Um, So I'll go with the Cavs. My brain agrees with you, but my heart says go Suns, baby. I respect it. I really wish we would have Devin Booker back for that game so he can try to get 72, but it's going to go. I'm going to have to go with the Cavs. Amen to that. And finally, just because I I love putting them in there and I know it makes me and Ethan happy, Mavs Thunder. I just thought this was a fun, random NBA game. And I do think there's a shot that, like, on a random, like, Thursday night, the Thunder beat the Mavs. I'll take the Thunder in this one. I just think it'll be a fun game. Hey, man, OKC just hung 150 on the Boston Celtics' head, so that's not a bad take. (laughs) I I have to concur. Uh, Sure, why not? We'll go with the Thunder. Uh, I think the Mavs take this one realistically, (laughs) but it's going to be a fun game to watch regardless. It'll be entertaining for sure. No, bro, it's, turn, no, it's a turning point in the season. The Thunder are coming up, and they're going to try to mollywop everybody and winning by 50 points. This is what hey, it is. They when they hit the championship banner this season, I'll I'll flip that, and you'll be 
immortalized forever. They're still in the playoff hunt, bro. They're only like two games back. Okay, see, they've, they've, they've been decent enough. All right. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining me. I feel like our, uh, you know, the NBA season is picking up, so I feel like we can reconvene a little bit more regularly now. I feel like doing this again in two weeks would make sense. Just give some more time for some more stuff to develop. And in two weeks, that puts us about two weeks out from the trade deadline as well. Uh, well, actually more like two and a half weeks, but it, we'll, we'll kind of know some more about trade deadline stuff going into that as well. Thank you again so much, all of you, for joining me, and we will see you all next time. Peace out.